on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public and Pocket Cast. This is Under Review from V Studios. More difficult were the hurt feelings on both sides. Even sources close to Harry and Meghan had to admit that the way the couple were forced to approach the situation, mainly in the act of keeping the family and their team in dark about their website, created a lot of ill will in the household and especially in the family. Harry and Meghan would have reached a more beneficial agreement to allow them to live the life they wanted if they had handled things in a private, dignified way, a senior Buckingham Palace aide explained. Another courtier added, they oversimplified what they were asking for. They thought they'd give Charles their rider, negotiate over email, walk up to London, give three months' notice to fly back to Canada. However, Harry and Meghan, however, felt that they had been patronised by other family and staff members for too long. People had humoured them when they brought up grievances, never thinking the couple would actually do anything drastic. The explosive reaction was a direct result of their growing impatience. If other members of the family and those working with the households had taken their requests there more respectfully, seriously, it wouldn't have reached that point. Either way, the source said, the courtiers blame Meghan and some family do. The media speculated that Meghan was behind the decision for the people to, couple to step back, but few knew how much she sacrificed to try to make it work. As Meghan fearfully told a friend in March, I gave up my entire life for this family. I was willing to do whatever it takes, but here we are. It's very sad. While the British media often blamed royal voices in Harry's case, he was very much on board with distancing himself from the public eye. It's why he gravitated towards the military and always had always avoided the pomp as much as he could and didn't give his child a title. He long craved a life away from the prying eyes of the media. Meghan simply embroidered him to make the change. She supported him no matter what. Fundamentally, Harry pointed out, a source close to the couple said, Deep down, he was always struggling within that world. She's opened the door for him on that. Five long days after the original meeting, Queen issued a statement that a plan had emerged for a constructive and supportive way forward for my grandson and his family to take effect in the spring of 2020. This was followed in by a statement from Harry and Meghan. Both outlined the terms of the deal which stipulated that the couple would completely step back from royal duties. No longer working members of the royal family, they would not be able to use their HRH tiles or the word royal in any of their future endeavours. Harry would lose his military honours and his role as Commonwealth Youth Ambassador was also pulled. Harry and Meghan were allowed to maintain their private patronages. patronages. Although they could no, no longer formally represent the Queen, they made clear that everything they do will continue to uphold the values of Her Majesty. As to the issue of money, Harry and Meghan would no longer receive public funds for royal duties. The couple took it even further, stating, The Duke and Duchess of Sussex have shared their wish to repay sovereign grant expenditure, the refurbishment of Bogmore Cottage, which will remain their UK family home. That was 2.4 million of taxpayer money, pounds I mean, that sections of the British public were furious about when the number was confirmed in the 2018-19 Sovereign Grant report, released in the previous July. 
constant negative press coverage surrounding the renovations did little to help. It felt good to put that behind them. Offering to repay the money was a symbol of how much Harry and Meghan wanted to cut any ties. Privately, Prince Charles said he would help them financially out of his personal money if they needed it. The most demoralising aspect of the deal was Harry being stripped of his honorary military appointments. That's been a tough pill to swallow, and one that has been most painful to Meghan witness him go through, a source close to the couple said. It is the one that made Harry emotional. It was so unnecessary, Meghan later told a friend. And it's not just taking something away from him, it's also that entire military veteran community. You can see how much he means to them, too. So why? The the powers of the institution are unfortunately greater than me. While the hours kept closer to the couple's final day as working royals on March 31, Harry and Meghan continued working. Commitments that had been made long before their January announcement still need to be carried out. And for both of them, it was important not to let anyone down. Plus, they are at their best when they were busy. While Harry spent much of his time in the UK meetings with Palace staff to type final details, he did make the time for family. He had barely exchanged words with his brother since they had last seen each other at Sandringham. But Harry did enjoy chats on the phone with his father, his private secretary, and continued to oversee the final elements of the transition. The line between family and institution was more blurred than ever. But it was perfectly clear who was playing what role when the Queen invited Harry over to lunch on March 1. Though his last time with Her Majesty had been in a more formal capacity, this time it would just be the two of them for Sunday lunch. No titles, an aide said, just granny and grandson. Do submit your opinions on what we've discussed in this episode. So the second part of the episode was the stuff under review, which we're going to be discussing next week. And we'll be discussing it in the second part of next week. So it's very easy to submit your opinions and we would love to hear what you think. So firstly, if you want to do it the easier way, kind of, go to anchor.fm slash underreviewcast. That's anchor spelt a-N-C-H-O-R and under review is spelled U-N-D-E-R-R-E-V-I-E-W and cast is obviously C-A-S-T in case you need to brush up on your spelling and also if you would like to write instead of speak like a senior MP you may email underreviewcast at gmail.com that's underreviewcast at gmail.com just to round up repeat those credentials anchor.fm slash underreviewcast and underreviewcast at gmail.com Thank you. And thank you for listening to Under Review. You just listened to Series 1, Episode 9 with me, Rigo Bryant-Frost. Do submit your opinions. As you can, as you heard, I just told you how to submit your opinions. We'd love to hear what you think. Just a reminder, underreviewcast at gmail.com and anchor.fm slash underreviewcast. Hope you heard that. Hope you enjoyed Finding Freedom by Omid Scobie and Carolyn Durand. It was published on the 11th August to probably, I don't know, maybe great acclaim. I guess it's probably quite an interesting book. From what I've read of it in under review, it's been quite good. That is the end of the three-part series about, um, I've forgotten the name, Finding Freedom. And we will be moving on to another subject.
Also, please check out my new podcast, World One, which is about, which is essays on our world and just, yeah, the world in essays, spelt the world spelled out in essays. It's on Spotify now, just search World One, that's one word, and it's by B Studios. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Subscribe, slash like, slash follow. Bye bye.